Good morning, good evening, good night, everyone. I hope everyone is having a happy and safe holiday season. Today is December 15th, 2019. This is Bud Talks Podcast, episode 107. No saxophone today to open it up. I just got done blowing in it, but didn't really find a collection of notes to compose to sound good enough for the opening but that's just how things go sometimes sometimes you're not in the sometimes you're not in the mood to do creative stuff so you just go with it today I'm going to be talking about my crowdfunding GoFundMe would you help fund a writer today you want to fund me? I am actually going to be talking about my books as well. So you can understand what your dollars are going to be supporting. And I got a, two short stories I want to share. They're my personal stories, but they kind of go in line with what else I'll be talking about today. Aside from crowdfunding books and other fun stuff. Three years ago, Today, actually, on December 15th, 2016, my father passed away. And it was actually November 26, 2016. I'd actually walked into the hospital room at Providence and he smiled at me. I might have told the story before. I know I wrote about it or I mentioned it in a lot of my blogs, blog posts. VehicleDigest.net, you can read about me. But when I walked into the room, he smiled at me, and it was the last time he smiled at me in November 26, 2016, and then December 15, 2016. About three weeks later, he passed away. So today is his three-year anniversary of departing this rock. And... Since then, my journey has propelled in ways that I would have never imagined. It was hard. I mean, losing a parent isn't easy. It happens. We all don't live forever. That's just the the lesson we learn about death is that it's a part of life. Without life, there is no death. Without death, there is not life. I learned a lot about death after his passing which actually encouraged me to write Bourgeoisie One, which is book one of the Divine Nine trilogy. It was actually the book I began writing on my birthday last year, December 18th, 2018. Yes, my birthday is in three days, which brings me to my GoFundMe, the first thing I want to talk about. Sorry, I do get off topics, off topic sometimes. Mine gets scattered as, I think I mentioned this in my first podcast, but sometimes when you blow in a saxophone for a while, then you speak right after, it's kind of hard to get the voice going so that people can hear you clearly. But I do thank you all for listening. This is again, Bud Talks Podcast, episode 107. Today is December 15th, 2019. And so the idea behind my 
GoFundMe campaign. I wanted to bring together supporters of myself and random strangers. I've actually met some people through this entire experience going back a couple months. So I did kick it off prematurely. If you go on my website, vehicledigest.net, there is a story campaign that is, I am running it for 44 days. It's almost up actually. December 18th will be the last day I plan to write and push the GoFundMe. After that, I'll be working with sponsorships and organizations to get the GoFundMe funded. And that's all arbit- That's all kind of depending on how things go with just stuff, business. I want to be able to connect with organizations, people who want to support entrepreneurs, freelancers. And recently, I actually did update my GoFundMe campaign to offer services as my Vehicle Digest LLC, the idea behind the incentives on the GoFundMe is to offer my writing, whether it's freelance articles for your blog, copy editing, copywriting. I mean, do you need a writer? Donate to my GoFundMe. I do need the support. It's not just for purposes of a portfolio and to get people's money, but I want to include people on my success and I want to include people who care about those who are not only going about their careers and passions and ventures on their own, but also wanting to bring together a community of people who are doing so because it's it's a lonely road. It's a lonely road of trial and error. I don't have a mentor. I am seeking a mentor in this journey, but it's kind of like, for me, what it feels like is no one, I mean, everybody's busy. I'm busy. I work seven days a week, but I love it. It's not, it's not tolling on me. What's tolling is the idea that if I'm not doing this happily, then I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not happy. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's more of me finding a creative way to test my reach. And when I say test my reach, I mean, how far, who's the next person I can inspire? Who's the next person I could help out in terms of business, meditation practices, and just speaking of meditation practices and businesses, I mean, in the perfect world, I would love to bring meditation into the workplace. I know a lot of organizations do that. The well-being of your employees, your leaders, the well-being is really put on them. The stress that is circulated in a business, I think it's being talked about a lot more, but I think it needs to be a a little bit more stress. And I'll just say this, this is my ignorance speaking because I haven't actually worked in a business in over a year. So I don't really know what businesses are doing. I try to keep up on articles on LinkedIn, but it's not always, you know, you always want to reach a new height of something inspirational and something impactful. My idea of working with organizations is helping to bring 
a better well-being in the work environment. And anybody who wants to support me in that, please donate to my GoFundMe. (laughs) But the idea is to collaborate and see where the benefit is for the both of us. Small, nonprofit, big. I mean, I trust myself that whatever opportunity comes about, it'll be for the greater good. That's what I'm here for. The other thing as far as incentives that I wanted to point out is if you do donate $33, I will write a poem, haiku, creative writing, or your choice. I'll handwrite it and frame it and send it to you. So donate $33 to my GoFundMe and you will get a framed handwritten poem from me. It's actually something I want to do as far as creating products and creative stuff and giving back to people who want to support. So the GoFundMe is to test that idea. GoFundMe is actually a a great way to see failure without having too much invested. It was brought to my attention that, I mean, actually I did this before it was even brought to my attention, but the the incentives, including the, sorry, I'm actually pulling it up right now because I just updated my GoFundMe last night with these incentives. So please do again, donate. So aside from the level one incentives, if you do donate anonymously, anonymously, uh, can't even say that word. If you are a, an anonymous donor, please message me, email me. You can write me at budhanson.com or if you are on my website, there's a contact We are only an adventure of words away. Donate $86 or more. I will provide the full collection of the Divine Nine trilogy. This is Bourgeoisie 1, Bourgeois 2, and Bougie 3, including the audiobooks, which will be my voice. So this will all be a project I'll be working on in conjunction with other books and projects I'll be working on on the side. If I find work, it might take a little bit longer, but this is what the GoFundMe is for so that I can provide these, at least deliver them in a timely manner. I want to have the trilogy, the Divine Nine trilogy done by the end of 2020. And I know there's might be some confusion with that because I'll, I'll actually talk about that here in a second, but um, just to kind of go through the incentives, the other incentives is for donors who donate more than $150. So I do want to include a a dedicated poem on vehicledigest.net to those who donate more than $150. So this can be a poem that maybe you want to promote through my website, then I'll push it, or I can write it on your behalf. It really depends. It can be a short story. Um, I, I, I just want to provide what creative ideas I have and in return for your support. Um, I did mention the other incentives, including the the writing services, blog, copy editing, freelance articles, and that's negotiable. I do have a number of 475 or more on the incentive page. It's at the bottom of the GoFundMe actually. But that idea is if you do have a website, you do need help with a blog, 
donate more than one seven or four seventy five, and I'll help you with that. And in terms of the timing, whether it's six months or a year, we can talk about that. It really depends on your goals. So, do you need a help? Do you need help with by or from a writer for the next year, two years? We can talk about that. I just need your support. The last incentives is for donors who donate over eleven hundred, so one thousand one hundred. I'll write your book, and I put on here you can exist forever. I mean, I mean with a book, a book. Unless everybody burns it. I mean, a book's going to be provided in, until after death. It's 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 one of those things where I look at it like this. As a writer, I compete with authors who died 20 years ago. So I don't even know who these people are, but my titles in the genres I'll be writing in, I'm competing with authors that no longer exist and their books are still being bought and sold by publishing houses so the idea a lot of people well not recently but people do have ideas about books they talk to me they ask me and I I, I literally tell them I'm not gonna help you write a book I might joke around about it but the idea is a book is a lot of work for me I like to get people's voice their idea why they want to write a book who's their audience their genre there's a lot that goes into that and the the help behind it is whether you want to write it, I'll write it for you. We can negotiate that. Just donate to my GoFundMe, please. Uh, I said that with a smile, but again, I'm not going to stress it enough. I cannot stress it enough how much I do need the support because I am committed to providing myself to those who want to support me. So those are the incentives on the GoFundMe. Again, you can find the link pretty much through any photo on vehicledigest.net and excuse me as I sip my tea because my mouth is dry from the saxophone. Whew, that was hot. That was hot. That was real hot. But yeah, thank you everyone. Bud Talks Podcast 101, excuse me, episode 107. Uh, GoFundMe is available behind any photo. Please donate today. Make it a birthday gift. It can be $3, $5, $7. Don't worry about the amount. That's my concern. But I do need your support. Um, I touched earlier about the books I'm writing, including the trilogy that I began writing almost a year ago on my birthday last year, December 18th, 2018. I began writing book one of the Divine Nine trilogy, Bourgeoisie One, out of the blue, I wrote it, lost the manuscript in March. Make a long story short, I restarted it, uh, I think in April and finished it in July. Did a promo run for just the promotional story in August. And I'm still doing that as I go. And I'm going to actually start hard editing it to get it published by actually, I'm not even gonna put a date on it, but I, my goal is to have this book published in have a re uh, a pre-release party butts book party i'll be putting this all together with uh, family members my cousins um we're going to be doing this early march ish so say march ish is make a word sometimes but i do want to get bourgeoisie one published so i can get started on book two and this is all kind of a 
a self-promotional way of how I wrote this book. Even though I do have a book out, I'll talk about an eye between my haiku here in a second, but the Bourgeoisie one, just for those who don't know what it's about, you can see the chapter previews and what I was working on earlier this year on vehicledigest.net. Go to Bud's Books on the menu and you will see the promotional story, how I got started, what's been happening with the development of it, and what it's about is... There's a million ways I can actually position the story. It's about a boy from tribal land in Africa who is basically brought to America by his father with his sister. And his name is Rigel. And he experiences the culture of America. This is not America that is today. This is a futuristic city on the Atlantic coast. So it's refined soil. When I say refined soil, the context is if you think about, I live in, I'm in Portland, Oregon. We have a lot of people referred to it as gentrification, but the redevelopment on the East coast, this takes place after that. So think of a really large city along the Atlantic coast that is technologically advanced and he discovers who he is through people, establishing, establishing, establishing his rules and life as an individual through middle school, high school, becomes a, a two-star, excuse me, a two-sport athlete first learning basketball in middle school. Then when he gets to high school, he plays football. And from there, he gets a scholarship through one of the coaches he meets and plays under um, after an injury in football and college. He actually goes back to basketball. That's how he finishes up his college career playing basketball. Then he actually, instead of going to the league, uh, because he does through people he knows, gets an opportunity to play in the league, but instead he becomes a freelance architect, builds an infrastructure with some technology that is explained in the book, but the tower is called the Bourgeoisie Tower at St. Lorenzo Circle in Portovani. So this is the city, the town center. It's kind of a, an advanced town center, St. Lorenzo Square, or excuse me, St. Lorenzo Circle in Portovani on the East coast of America. So I have again, chapter previews on vehicledigest.net. They're not as developed as they are now. Again, I, I said, I'm going to be read I'm going to be diving back into this book this week to get it edited, then um, find a editor probably in January or February, then hopefully get it published in March. But that's, that's Bourgeoisie 1. Bourgeois 2, Bougie 3, I'll talk about later. Those are, those are really developed as well. They, they, it's a trilogy. So if you think about a life story and how every thing about your life as a, as a movie, and then there's three parts explaining your inner self, your world, and then who you are. That actually sounds really confusing, but it's more about 
your 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 deep self, your your environment, and I mean, who do you really identify yourself within all of that? The id, the ego, and the self. So this is kind of the the short context of Bourgeoisie One. And if you are confused, message me. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a while since I've actually looked in the book. I, I, I did it on purpose to kind of step away from it because, I mean, this book also kind of stressed me out because I wasn't able to get it published or self-published back in um, August before I went on the promo run in New York City and Washington, D.C. But, I mean, that's kind of a, a first time, first time bite. I mean, live and learn, whatever, keep going by all means necessary. Which brings me into the book I actually have published on Amazon.com. That is An Eye Between My Haiku. It's a creative writing series. The book one, An Eye Between My Haiku, was written. I wrote it out of pure meditation. So I wanted to I want to put out a series, whether it does well or not. I want to, I think a lot. I think a lot. And I put it in a book and published it. At the end of the book, there's space below haiku that I wrote. And the the space is available for readers to journal their own thoughts. So again, that's an eye between my haiku. It is book one of a five-part series. My creative writing is put in a book. And if you do go on vehicledigest.net, the chapter previews and the promotional story behind that is on there. Uh, I'm going to be redoing the description. I'm going to kind of do a relaunch of the book probably in January if I get around to it in this month before New Year's. And I'll probably do that. But the book really needs to be redeveloped in terms of the, the um, what do you call it, the description on the back and it has, I haven't, I didn't really push it because I mean, I do a lot. I'm a one man show. So with the next, with this one, I'm actually going to uh, do a big promo run. Like I said, end of this month or January, and then really reestablish and relaunch the idea of the book. So creative writers out there, people who journal, if you want to read how weird I am and I between my haiku, it's on Amazon. Third book I'm writing. I have a partner that I am developing a well it's his theory the model was explained to me it's a cognitive functional typology model Um, and to put it short I'm not going to talk too much about it but it explains humanity and that's pretty much as far as I'm going to go it's new psychology it's one of those theories and models that's derived from a lot of white papers on brain development human behavior and it's very interesting I need you guys to trust me on this. So this is also what you will be supporting, donating to my campaign, GoFundMe campaign, that is. Uh, It's going to really help those who suffer with anxiety, depression, and really trying to find their place. If you feel like you don't belong somewhere, then if you understand your brain patterns, your brain behaviors, this is a book for you. The, The title is not Cognitive Functional Typology. That's just the name of the, the title of the theory. So, well, the title obviously will be finalized probably another year, but that I have content on that I will not be sharing. But if people, if anybody's interested, or if you're really curious about this model, 
message me and um, I'm not going to send any content or material via email, but I mean, I'm happy to speak with someone if they are just more curious about it because it's, it's about a 99.999% chance it'll be huge in academics. Um, I, I believe, I don't know if it'll be good for politics. I doubt it, but a lot of the content will help individuals and it's helped me. So that's why I trust it. It's helped me. I got a couple of stories I want to share. I ran 13 miles on Friday the 13th. I recorded it, put it on Bud Wright's, my Instagram account. You can go check out my 13 mile run around Northeast Portland through Tom McCall waterfront. Actually, I started at the the Portland Opera House. Then I ran across the telecom, went through, well, you can, you can see the route on, again, that's Bud Wright's, my Instagram account. The idea was to run a lot more than I've run before. And I, I meditated throughout the entire run. I didn't know I was going to hit 13 miles. The halfway through, I believe I ran around Grant High School track, the the field, actually that's a mild high school. And I was really trying to reach a certain number. And the number was actually 11. But in the back of my head, I wanted to get 13. I just, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it because I actually don't look at my phone when I'm running. So I just ran. And when I, I did the extra lap, or once I passed Grand High School, I ran around that track and then I went back to the waterfront. Then I ran twice around the Tillicum Crossing. And when I looked down on my phone, when I was done, it said 13.1 and boom, I got it. So I recorded this on the Relive app. Going back to... Washington, D.C. I mentioned Washington, D.C. earlier because I did a little bit of research on bourgeoisie in Washington, D.C. So if anybody knows her history, I know history is not a popular subject, but I actually like history. If you're familiar with who Benjamin Banneker was or is, he was a, a black inventor. Just a little bit about him. He um, One of the big things people know about him is he helps survey the land of the capital, Washington, D.C. So if you look at the a bird's eye view of the Washington, D.C. streets, it's a pentagram. And I tried to run that and I wanted to draw it through the Relive app running through the street so that my run route draws a pentagram. But I messed up. So I didn't quite get the pentagram drew out through my route. But if you go on my, again, Bud Wright's Instagram account, you can see the route that I tried to do. And you can kind of see what I'm talking about as far as the D.C. streets. If you know D.C., you know what I'm talking about. The streets are confusing. But the history behind the streets is that there was a um, LaFont. He's from he, he was the original surveyor or the, the original person to actually do the design the streets. But I believe he was either let go or he had temper problems and they didn't really let him. He wasn't able to finish it. So they brought in Benjamin Banneker who was an inventor and he surveyed the streets and the, um, yeah, I think he was working with the president Thomas Jefferson at the time. And it was his works through, he was also an astronomer. He has an Omnimac, the farmer's Omnimac. And he's historically known as one of the first black inventors. So that's a little history lesson for you all. But because of his works, I tried to run the streets 
of DC. I did, but didn't quite get the goal, but I did it. It was actually interesting. Just kind of going through the, going through the notions of promoting and trying to get awareness, attention from readers, other people who might be interested in the book. I mean, as a writer, I don't really know how well a book's going to do. I know the rules and to be honest with you, I've broken enough to understand why I'm not successful right right off the bat. But the one thing that a lot of writers have told me is that you're not going to be successful until probably about book five, which is totally an experience type understanding, which is probably true. But I mean, it's kind of like a, I look at it as like an athlete thing. I mean, talk about a basketball player. They have 82 games in a year. I mean, some of them will play hundreds of games throughout their career and not even half of them are good enough to remember, but you might have maybe two or three, maybe four games in your career that you just think back and say, I was dope that game. I mean, I was good. Dope. But the idea is to have the true grit mentality to keep on pushing and keep on punching at what you believe you're good at. And my idea of that is when it comes to art, when it comes to creativity, I don't really have a gesture or a belief in ugly art, bad art, good art. I have a belief in art is art. I mean, whether it's massively accepted as beautiful or ugly, I mean, it's art. Behind it is a creator who had a passion to do something a little different. And that's just the way it is. It's how they felt. I mean, if people don't like it, it's going to be there. People are going to hate it. It's going to be there. I believe art is one of those things that protects society. And it really evolves the idea of how far people off, or excuse me, how far off people are from a normal. Think about life, what's normal, what's in, what's extreme, what's not extreme. Everything's kind of graded on a bell curve. And art is kind of that thing that is all over the place. I mean, what's in the middle is kind of what's accepted, you know? I mean, some of the best artists, I mean, they come off with these great ideas. I mean, even people who have good ideas, they have bad art or they have good art, bad art, whatever. But people who really get it and they have a continuum of really connecting with the people. I mean, that's kind of that, that point of flow where you can create something that's massively accepted or massively eye appealing, beautiful, but at the same time, it has its own twist. It's a little bit more advanced. I don't really have an example of that, but I have my own personal example, but I don't want to sound too narcissistic because I haven't written it yet. So that kind of gives you an idea of what I'm talking about. But think about what's already at play 
and then adding your own hint to it, but in a way that's not too far off the grid, but not too stupid. I mean, it's not extreme. And as a creator, it's hard to explain that because... I mean, I, I live in my own world and we all live in a bubble and that's so true. You might have your groups, beliefs, stereotypes, whatever, but as a, as a writer who kind of sits back and creates a new world every day to be inspired to inspire or create or write, I kind of come from a space of where do I go from here? In 13... I ran 13 miles the other day. It was awesome. It was dope. I liked it. And I'm going to close with a quick story about my birthday. I was actually due December 25th, 1986, but I was born December 18th. That's one fact. DMX has the same birthday as me. Matter of fact, I don't even like celebrating birthdays. I don't care for birthdays. But this year, I'm going to be a little bit selfish and say, I'm going to celebrate it because I need support. So that I can become a greater good. This is totally off the top of my head. So if you're confused, message me. I can clarify anything I say. I trust everything I say. And so should you. Maybe not accept it because you, I might be wrong. I mean, I'm okay with being wrong. But one of my dad, one of the things my dad told me is that when it rains outside, everyone gets wet. I never knew what the, I didn't know what he meant. I didn't know what he meant until. I made enough money to pursue this adventure in writing, podcasting, relearning the saxophone. I did play the sax as a kid, running, boxing. I mean, I do a lot to keep my creative juices going. And when every day I think about, he says, Everyone gets wet when it rains. So one of the reasons he would tell me that is because we grew up in church and money was always one of those things that wasn't really demonized or looked down upon having a lot of, but it was more so because the world puts money before God so much and so often It's because of that, that most people don't really understand money. And my relationship with money money right now doesn't really exist because I don't have much of it. But my relationship with money is that now that I've experienced having a lot of it, I've discovered what I would do with a lot of it. I chased a dream having a lot of it. I mean, I had a lot of anxiety making it. And in the beginning, I did, too, as I was paying my mortgage. And every month I started to realize how close I was getting to a very dangerous point in this journey where maybe I should start looking for work on the side. But 
I came to the conclusion that this is where it's at for me and I could restart. I've always said this before. I'm not afraid to go back to work, but I really trust the people who hear me. Not everyone hears me the same way. I get it. Just like my father said, not everyone gets rained on the same way. Rest in peace, Dad. Thank you. Good morning, good evening, good night.